0: The following message from Bible teacher and pastor, Jim Crabb, is brought to you by Imago Day Christian Fellowship in Westchester, Ohio.
1: I'm in the book of Jude this morning, if you have a, your Bible. Jude is, is right there between 3 John and the book of Revelation, and uh, it's a great book, I once again feel impressed to teach in an expository manner, meaning meaning line on line, verse by verse, through this, this, this chapter. We did at Thursday night about the book of Hebrews, chapter 13. There was just good gold all over that thing. And I think this is the best way to study, is in an expository manner. So... There's nothing wrong with studying by subject matter. Like you could study about grace. You could find all the different scriptures through the word that have to do with grace. And that's what you could teach about and study about. But the, to me, the finest way. See, when you do that, there's nothing wrong with it. But you, could, you just want to make sure that you've also at least studied it expositorily, meaning Start at the beginning. Find out who's doing the writing. Why is he doing the writing? At what point was he doing the writing? What was the circumstances of the situation that they were in? Right? That's before you read verse 1. And we should know those things. Amen? And uh, so, anyway. We're in the book of Jude. I'm going to... I'm going to use on my phone. So I'm not looking at Sarah sending me (laughs) texts about how good looking I am this morning. And (laughs) I really am not. I'm going to read the, uh, I'm going to use, we're going to use the amplified version today. And uh, so I'm going to use my phone, all right? I just have to clarify things for church people. There'll be, I'll start getting emails, I'll start getting texts. People will get on my Facebook and say nasty stuff. And I'm only half, I'm only kind of (laughs) kidding. I'm in verse 1 of the book of Jude. And uh, let's read this. Jude. Who was Jude? Well, it -hmm. describes it. He was a servant of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. And the brother of James, he writes this letter to those who are called and chosen that are dearly beloved, dearly loved by God and separated, set apart and kept for Jesus Christ. Man, that's a mouthful in your opening, uh, the opening sentence of a letter that you're writing, right? So Jude was, he was a servant of Jesus Christ. That's what we are. We're servants of Jesus. I don't serve my flesh. I don't serve my mind. I don't serve uh, anybody else. My primary allegiance is to to nothing more than Christ. I'm a servant of Jesus. Somebody say that with me. I'm a servant of Jesus. I'm a servant of Jesus. The, The word servant there is a word that is used throughout the New Testament and it's it's a Greek word, and what the, the the what the Greek word really means is is it's a, it's a wild word because God it's a great word. It means an under rower. Yeah. Remember, you've seen pictures of 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 ships, and maybe on the, and and the, the, the power of the ship wasn't the sail. Back, you know, this is. Many years, many, 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 many years ago. So they sure didn't have engines to power the, the, the craft. But they, and they, they weren't depending on the sail. But what they were depending on were rowers. And in, you've seen that. You've seen pictures and films about this. That there were down low in the boat so that they could get their oars in the water... There would be holes in the t- in the side of the ship, and the oars would would go out outside that ship, and then there would be. Oftentimes, it was they put slaves under there, and those slaves would do. You know what they would do? They'd do the hard labor. They'd do the tough stuff, and they would together. It was all from the front of the boat all the way to the back of the boat. Together, they would. They had their job was to row that that big ship. And so <laughs> I I'm I'm happy about it because Jude said he was a servant. He said I'm an under rower. I'm one of the people that I do I'm part of the people that do the the hard work. The the Greek word really also implies one that labors in the dust. Amen. Meaning he's got to do the, what would we say about that in these days with it? We'd say, he, somebody's got to do the dirty work. Amen. Somebody's got to do the hard work. Somebody's got to row the boat. Amen. And we need, we need every person that is an under rower to be at their post, to row, so that we can row together. Amen. Right? And while everybody else that may be up top riding along, there's a lot of people that just want to ride on the boat, but they don't want to put any power to the boat. Huh? But what God's looking for is is servants of Jesus Christ, under rowers that'll row the boat, do the hard lifting, do the dirty work, do the work that, that, that a lot of people won't do, don't want to do. But we are all called to. I believe every believer, like Jude, is called to be a servant of Jesus Christ, an under rower for Jesus. Somebody say, "Amen." Do this with me. Just do this one time. We're going to row together, man. We're pulling the ship. We're going to be the. We're going to be. We're going to be the power of the ship. And I, I tell you what, I'm thankful that there's a whole bunch of under rowers. It's not just you that, are, that have to do all the work, even though you, we, we have to be willing if nobody else will do it. Isn't that right? We have to be willing. But it works better when everybody's rowing together. Right? And we're moving the great ship, the gospel ship, when we're moving it forward. Somebody say amen. amen. Uh, Jude said, I'm a servant of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the brother of James, to those who are called and chosen, that's who he's writing to, dearly beloved of God, and separated apart and kept for Jesus Christ. Verse 2, May mercy and peace and love be multiplied to you. That's what we're, that's what we're, we're writing to you as an under rower today, a servant of God. I, I pray every day for you that mercy... Not just you'd have mercy, I want mercy multiplied to you. Yes. Grace went went through a, 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 a program, a, it was a training discipleship program. Uh, Nancy Alcorn, our friend, that has preached for us, is a, an international, there's bases of, these are for young girls that are battling some stuff in their life. And there's some tough stuff that girls are battling in their grace. And you, you go there for what's the period of time you go like six months, six to nine months depending on how you you know how things are going, and Nancy Alcorn has this. There's no kind. There's no telling what what how, how broken some of the girls are that have been through that program. I mean, there's everything from uh, they, there's drug problems, sexual problems. Uh, you know, there's people that are into, they physically abuse themselves. These young girls, man. And so, Nancy Alcorn. It used to just be called Mercy Ministries, but now in these last years, it's she probably read a verse like this, and she changed the name of it to Mercy Multiplied. I don't know about you, but I need multiplied mercy. You know, you can add one day of mercy on another, but how many know you can get somewhere quicker if you multiply it versus adding? Huh? I don't need, I don't need mercy divided, cut in half. I, need mer- I don't just need mercy. I need mercy multiplied. I pray, Sarah and I pray this for you, that mercy would be multiplied to you. That, that love may be multiplied to you. That that love would be extended to you and multiplied towards you. And that's what we got to believe. I'm into into multiplication. Huh? Of the right things in the Lord. He said in verse 3, Beloved, my whole concern was to write to you in regard to our common salvation. That's why I'm writing, because I'm writing about your salvation. In other words, I want to tell you that your salvation is the most important thing in your life. I've been trying to tell people this for 40-some years. you gotta, you got to know that, that salvation and having salvation is an incredible thing. I, don't, I, I haven't gotten over my salvation. Right? But Jude said, I'm writing to you in regard to our common salvation, the one I have and the one you have. Right? But I found it necessary and I was impelled to write you an urgently appeal and to exhort you to... Here's what he was exhorting them and urgently appealing to them and I want to appeal to you today. To contend... For the faith which was once for all handed down to the saints, the faith that is the sum of Christian belief, which was delivered verbally to the holy people of God. What do you want to say to the church today, Pastor? I want to tell the under I want to tell all the underrowers that are in the church. I want to tell you today. You've got to contend for your faith. You've got to fight for that faith. You've got to fight yourself sometimes for your faith. Huh? How many, anybody other than me get, get, uh, get pouty every once in a while about their life and what they're going through and how hard it is? Huh? Isn't that right? You know, we get pouty sometimes. We get, the, we get to sing in the blues. Huh? We get all melancholy and down about how hard we've got it and we want others to have feel sorry for us. I'm going to tell you right now. Here's what we need to do for our faith. When you feel like that, you got to get over it and contend for your faith. David said, "Bless the Lord, O my soul." He's talking to himself. He's contending with himself. You got to contend with yourself you got to contend with circumstances that are presented you. you. This, this virus thing we've been battling in the world this last year, man. I didn't ask for it, and I sure didn't want it. I don't like it. I don't like what's happened to the church because of it. But I'll tell you what I'm not going to do. I'm not just going to cash it in. I'm going to contend for my faith. I'm going to, I'll tell you what, man. I I want you to know that your pastor, we we fight for this church. We battle to keep these doors open. We battle to fight apathy and lethargy and battle the things that we're all facing. We're going to contend for our faith. We're going to stand strong. We're going to get through what, what it looks like and what we feel like. Because we, this is what Jude said. I wanna urgently tell you, this is why I'm writing, to remind you to contend for the faith that God delivered unto the saints. You gotta fight through the hard times. You gotta fight through your flesh. You gotta fight through money problems. How many been, I don't know about you, you know, sometimes I feel like everybody else has got it awesome. Um, And and maybe it's just me and Sarah going through this. Then we talk to people and realize that's not true. (laughs) Sarah and I have have contended financially since the day we got saved and we got married. You got to contend with stuff, man. You got to get through it. You got to contend. You got to fight. You got to fight. I'll tell you another thing. I'm contending for that's got to do with my faith. I contend for my family. You got to fight for your family. You got to stand strong for your family. Yes. You got to be. You got to be. If you're a, a, a husband, a father, a grandfather in your family's life, then you take the lead and you tell that family. You call some family meetings and you tell them, "This is how we're going to live. We're going to fight through this." And you are. I, I. You know. We've told our children, "You are not going to go to the world." The world is not going to have you. I'm contending for you. Amen. That doesn't mean they've been perfect, but, but praise God, in the, in the long run, it's paid off that fighting for them. And I'm still fighting for them. Amen. I'm fighting. Uh, here's another thing. I fight for my marriage. Yeah. Hmm? I'll fight for my marriage. I didn't say I'd fight Sarah in my marriage. I said I'd fight for my marriage. Huh? I've, I've, Sarah and I both, we've contended for our marriage. Huh? Everybody's got flaws and weaknesses and strengths and weaknesses. And sometimes in marriage, those strengths and weaknesses clash. Don't they? Right? And so you've got to contend for your marriage. That means you've got to fight for it, work hard for it. You've got to pray about it. You have, to, you have to be honest. You have to, you, you know, it might even come to the extreme of this. You might have to say you're sorry. <laughs> I mean, you might have to, you literally might have to humble yourself and realize that you aren't right about everything. In fact, lately, maybe you, have, you might have to confess, I'm not right about much at all. But I'm contending for my marriage. And I'm contending for the gospel today. That's what I want to urge you to do. I'm telling you, this gospel's the only thing that's going to save America. You know, if you read my posts that I've been posting on Facebook and Twitter and all this kind of stuff, there's people that are mad at me about it. But I'll tell you, I'm, not, I'm, going, to, I'm going to stay with it. Because our answer is not a political Answer. It's not the answer. It's not a political party. It's not standing on this side or that side or you know for, for a donkey or an elephant. Man, it's not that's there's not it's that's not the answer. This right here that we preach, that we believe, this is the answer. This is the answer to America, this is the answer to all the world's problems, it's the answer to our problem, huh? If you're looking to a man to fix all this, you're going to be sadly mistaken. Praise God, we're standing for Jesus who will will never be mistaken about. Jesus has proved Himself faithful to the church and to the world and to everybody that's had faith for thousands of years. We are contending for the faith. I challenge you today. You can get through it. You're going to make it. Don't give up on your marriage. Don't give up on your kids. Don't give up on the church. Don't give up on the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. We're contending for our faith. Hallelujah. Verse 4. Here's, here's one of Jude's concerns for his, the, the hearers of this, that received this letter and this truth. Here's why you got to contend for your faith. One of the reasons, verse four. For certain men have crept in stealthily. You know, a stealth bomber is is an aircraft that it can't be, they they don't know you're you're there because it's it's not able to be picked up by radar. That's an overview of that. but But there's certain men that have crept in stealthily meaning they're not easily picked up on your radar they may be they may be they may be within your range but you don't you don't know it it's not an obvious thing they come in stealthily certain men are crept in stealthily gaining entrance secretly by a side door I may mean, know that not everybody that comes into the church is safe and awesome and wonderful and really cares about the gospel. Paul, amen, Paul said to the, to the leaders in the, in the book of Acts, he said, he, he said, man, there's some wolves that have gotten in, in the church among you. But you know, I, one of my favorite books by my pastor, Dr. Barclay, that he wrote one of his early, early books is called... And we used to teach that it was one of the things we teach in our new members' class. Maybe we need to do it again. Um, he would teach this. He would his book called Sheep, Goats, and Wolves. Now, how many know that everybody that's in the church is not a sheep? What's a sheep? Well, a sheep is simple and innocent, aren't they? A sheep's not, they're not there to, to create any destruction. All the sheep wants is to, is to be by the shepherd that he knows is going to guide them to green pastures, feed them. He's going to anoint their head with oil. He's going to take care of them. He's going to keep wild animals away from them. So a sheep can't do that himself. A sheep can't fight a, a wolf or a predator of any kind. The, a sheep is an innocent believer. That's what we ought to be in the church. We're sheep. Huh? And that's not, that's not a discredit to be a sheep. That's an honor to be a sheep. I had a guy argue with me outside, of, outside the church, on the church steps one time, after I preached a word. And I'd said something about, my God, thank God, we're the lambs of God. We're sheep. And this guy was, he was ultra militant in his, in his understanding of, of, of faith. He was out of, and I'm telling you, he was out of bounds. He said, I said, well, what do you mean we're, you're criticizing me for saying that we're, we're sheep? And he said, we are not sheep. We are rams. <laughs> hmm. I said, listen, if you think there's, no, there's nothing in my life that can push back like a ram does, I want you to know but it's not by my horns and my natural strength that I'm pushing back. It's because the 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 lion of the tribe of Judah is on the inside of me. And I'm gonna, here's what we're called to do. Be a sheep. Be be simple, innocent. Be with your shepherd, not just your pastor, but be with the shepherd of of the church, Jesus, man. Amen. And And allow him to step between you and the enemy that's trying to come against you. But you don't have to be a ram. All you got to do is contend for your faith. And we've got to, I want to tell you, Jesus is a better ram than anybody I ever saw. Because Jesus knows how to knock the devil's brains out. He knows how to put his head down and charge forward and knock every enemy you and I have ever faced to knock them unconscious and into another world. Maybe that's what happened in heaven when Jesus said, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. I think Jesus put his head down in heaven and like a ram, he knocked him out of heaven. Praise God. So, there, Dr. Barclay said... There are three kinds of people in the church. There are sheep. That's what you want to be. There are goats. Huh? What's a, what's a goat? Well, a goat is, is not a sheep because the goat, he's... <laughs> how does a goat hit you? What does a goat do? He butts he butt you. A, a sheep just says... Teach me. Tell me what to do. But a goat's got a bunch of... He, he's, he's always butting everything you're saying. There's goats in the church. Hmm? A sheep is innocent. A sheep is a follower. A sheep is a good follower of, of, of a shepherd. Right? But a goat always wants to argue about stuff. He wants to fuss and fight about stuff. He's got... He's got all these, all these things that he, that he butts all the time, right? So I, you don't want to be a goat. Let's just, Dr. Barclay says a lot more about, about goats. So you're either a sheep. You could be a goat. I don't think there's, let me look around. <laughs> no, Well, let me look on the live stream. No, there's no goats out there that would ever listen to me, man. no. There could be, but we need, we should be aware that this is the truth in the church. I know people that left the church because there was, there was some goats got in the church. Hmm? Well, you, you got to get over that. We're going to deal with the, we're going to feed the sheep. We're going <laughs> to, we're going to deal with the goats. But the third category of potential people in the church are The wolves those are the people i think that jude was talking about that have snuck in the door in a stealth form or manner under the radar and they know how to look like a sheep they know how to sound like a sheep they got ba down they got they got they got praise the lord down Hmm? They got all this stuff down, but they have evil intentions even while they're praising the Lord. I know you would wish I would preach about prosperity or something this morning, but this is necessary. a, A wolf, I'll tell you why a wolf's there. A wolf's there because he's a meat eater. And what he's looking for is flesh in that church. And wolves will come in. That's what Paul said. He said, you guys as elders need to, be, need to watch out because wolves can sneak in the church, come in in a stealthily way. They can come in. And you, they'll seem like a sheep. So they'll act like a sheep. But thank God for people with discernment that know how to see through that, that hypocrisy and see into the motives and the intentions of that person's heart that is a wolf. Hmm? I want you to know right now, I've dealt with a lot of wolves in my ministry. I want you to know right now, I have never been kind to a wolf. I am not long suffering with a wolf. Once I know they're a wolf, I am not like gentle and I'm not, I don't. I don't treat the wolves like I do the sheep. The little sheep, bless their hearts, if they get hurt, we're pouring oil and wine in. I, you know, a sheep will come, they just want to know that the shepherd loves them and he'll, the sheep will walk by the shepherd so he can pat them and uh, praise God when, they're, when it's a true sheep, we're doing. That doesn't mean they're a perfect person, but their motives and intentions are pure and innocent. And they and they they just want to be protected by the shepherd but when i deal with a wolf i'll tell you i push my chair back huh i roll my sleeves up and i go after that wolf and i go out i go after that wolf in no uncertain terms i tell him that i'm the shepherd here i'm telling you you see this rod in my hand hang on you see You see this rod in my hand? I didn't come to you as a wolf to make you feel okay and good because you've come in here to harm the flock. And I want you right now to know you are not going to mess with my flock. You're not going to mess with my church family. You are sneaky, lying, conniving. You're after spiritual flesh and you're trying to destroy this flock and hurt one of my... Now, listen... I'm that way about not the whole flock, just the whole flock. I'm that way if, if a wolf tried to get to get you. Are you kidding me? I'm your guy right there. If, you're, if I'm your shepherd, I'm your man. And I'm telling you, I, I don't know if I do very much or very well, but I know I do this good. I am a bad man to a wolf. Huh? Wolves, I, and I you know why I'm like that? Because I love you, I love my flock, I love the lambs, I love the sheep. I'll deal with the goats and their butts. Huh? But I'm not dealing with the wolves I'm not gonna deal with the wolves like that. I am gonna if they if they won't get away from us, I'm gonna I'm telling you, man, I'm coming after them, and I'm gonna I am I am one Bad heavyweight spiritual champion with this rod right here. Because this rod is what a wolf will fear. When a shepherd knows how to use his rod, a good shepherd. What, you remember when David said, I, when he was dealing with Goliath, when they were telling him, You can't do this, you're too little. Yep, yeah, they didn't know that what. They didn't, they forgot that David's training was on the backside of the desert. And while everybody else was out there, David was becoming a good shepherd. David said, when they told him, You can't beat Goliath, David said, I have beaten a lion. Now, wait a minute. They were telling him, You're too little. Bless your heart. You're just a. Fair haired, sweet little shepherd, we put you back there because you're not much of a fighter. While, when he, you know who he was with? All of his brothers, and you know what they were doing? They were on the front line supposedly fighting, but when David was coming, they were running away. But David was running toward the battle. And I'll tell you what. I guarantee you, with him was that rod that he used. He uses the rod to guide the sheep. You know, if a, sheep, a sheep can wander and, and get out there. But you need, when, when a sheep starts wandering and gets out there, you know what you need? You need a shepherd right. that knows because the shepherd has the, the flock's best interest at hand. And he'll take that rod... And he he won't beat that beat the sheep with the rod, and so you stupid sheep, what's the matter with you for wandering away? No, he'll help him. He'll just take that rod and gently guide him back into the right position, huh? Yeah, this, I'm going to tell you right now, the pastor's on fire today. So this is good teaching and preaching, don't you think so? Huh? This is good truth. But when David said, I've, I've, I've killed a lion and I've killed a bear. So little David was the guy that took down Goliath. Goliath was like a wolf. And David took the rod of the word of the Lord in the name of the Lord. And I'm telling you, he hit Goliath right between his eyes with that rock, and he slung that that stone and it hit him. And I know he had five of them, but he only needed one of them, huh? Because he's a good shepherd. I want to tell you, a good shepherd when he swings at a wolf, he doesn't miss, huh? A good shepherd hits that old wolf and knocks him right between his eyes. Just like David's stone hit Goliath. You know, Goliath had all this, he he, he had all this armor on, and there was one little spot right there in his forehead that was open, that he was vulnerable to, and the good shepherd, David, knew how to hit him. I want to tell this church something. Come on, praise team. I want to tell this church today, that wolves are not welcome. And here's my prayer. My prayer is that, you know, wolves... <laughs> wolves run in packs. Yes. They get together. They talk. They're, they, 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 they run in packs. And so, I want to I gain a reputation among wolves. That if one of the wolves says... You know, I had a good idea. I'm going to go in there and I'm going to eat some of the sheep. I'm going to tear the church up at Imago Day. I want the, other, the wolves that know my reputation to say, that is a bad idea. Because <laughs> that shepherd will beat your brains out and he'll run you out. He'll kill you flat on the floor if you mess with his flock. We better go do it somewhere else. But don't do it to him. Now, I'm not bragging on me, but I'm just saying, this is one of my high points in my ministry. This I have done well. Mm -hmm. Once I figure out somebody's a wolf, then they got got trouble. Mm -hmm. Now, they still try to cause trouble, but they they lose because because God helped me at least be a good shepherd. I think. I'm trying to be. Amen. So what are there? There are sheep. That's what you want to be. I want to be a lamb of God. I want to be, you know, I'm not tr- I'm not trying to be independent of God. I'm just I'm totally dependent on God. Every day for my life, my breath, my strength, my healing, my help, my marriage, my family. I'm totally dependent. I'm a lamb. And I, I don't know about you. I'm not offended by that that he didn't call me a ram. Huh? That guy, that, by the way, you know that guy that told me that that one day and challenged me out on the church steps. His whole life is in disaster now and has been. He's lost everything. Hmm? Hey, well, wait a minute. I thought you were a ram. Then you should have been able to deal with this stuff but you didn't and as a result you 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 lost everything huh you ought to stay a sheep don't turn don't evolve into a goat some people start out as sheep and then they turn into a goat when they get they get some information and they think they're smarter right sometimes they think they're smarter than god don't turn into a goat Amen. Well, what... I didn't say this, but let me say it so we clarify. But Dr. Barclay said, he said, you feed the sheep. Now, here's what you can do with the goat. You know a goat's got milk? Hmm? So Dr. Barclay said, feed the sheep, milk the goats. In other words, while they're butting about everything... Milk them for what they will give you. Maybe they're not sheep, but they got milk. So go ahead and receive receive their offerings. I know pastors that that uh, have said, "Well, I don't want any dirty money." Like like if if somebody <laughs> didn't know how to live by faith, let's see. Somebody played the lottery and they won the lottery. I don't think, that, that's not how we're looking for success. We don't have to play the lottery. Huh? I think it's a big lottery right now, isn't it? Did somebody win last night? Huh? If Ron Carter, if you go out there and there's a Lamborghini in this parking lot out here, Ron Carter's won it and already got paid for it. No. <laughs> but, you know, there are much bigger sins than playing the lottery. There's, just don't... You can't count on that. I don't trust in the lottery. There's... I guarantee you, there's way better odds than be For being successful in serving Jesus than there is playing that lottery. Somebody say amen. It's a big old lottery. But I know pastors that have made the statement. If somebody won money from a lottery, I'm not receiving it in my offering... And I raised my hand and said, "Send it my way. I'll milk that goat. I'll milk that goat all day long. Hmm? Now that's not misusing them, because they made the, they made the milk. Right? And that's what they need to be milked. Right? You feed the sheep, and you milk the goats, and you beat the brains out and drive out every wolf." From now, listen, I'll be closed by this. That's my job. But you, you can do what I do. You can do it in your personal life. Don't you let anybody be talking to your mess, trying to tell, tear your marriage up or your family up. Huh? You, you. If, if somebody's trying to tear your marriage up, huh? Then you, you better come at it. You better deal with it. No, it's not okay. I'm not, I wouldn't hang out with somebody who's trying to get me to mess around on Sarah or leave Sarah. Or mess with my marriage. Or or flirt with Sarah. Huh? This same rod right here that I beat the brains out of wolves. Somebody tries to flirt with my wife and get my wife for her affection to be drawn away from me. Woo! I'm going to use my rod of authority as a man of God and I'm going to show you what the score is. Don't do that. Don't mess with my girl. No. You, you and I personally, not just me being the pastor, you got to drive out wolves from your own life too. Right? And you got to be a sheep and you got to milk the goats. Somebody say amen.
0: We trust you enjoyed this message. For more information about Pastor Jim Crabb and Imago Day, please visit our website at com. I-M-A-G-O-D-E-I-C-I-N-C-Y dot com. We trust you enjoyed this message. For more information about Pastor Jim Crab and Amago Day, please visit our website at I-M-A-G-O-D-E-I-C-I-N-C-Y dot Y.com.